want to pass you a carrot. Thank you. That was some Jedi shit. Hell yeah. (laughs) You want to pass me a carrot. (laughs) Cool. I'm excited. This is actually my first podcast session, too. All right. Yeah. Neither one of you are are traditional Making Sense members yet. How many of these episodes have you done? This will be the 22nd, I think, over three years. So it's sporadic, but fun that's fucking awesome dude good for you thanks man it's a pet project yeah it's been going it's been going well yeah it's easy when you have funny interesting friends Mm. doesn't how it doesn't leave the onus completely oh, on God, you. the pressure's on man yeah <laughs> no, it has to be funny yeah, interesting funny, Whoa, funny interesting, interesting. <laughs> honestly my friends are the smartest people in the world <laughs> <laughs> those are the only people i bring on the podcast um so I don't know if you got a chance to look at the the document I sent you, but I basically um, ran through Smile's discography on Spotify mm-hmm. and kind of left some notes for myself on each sure. track. I don't know if you're interested in going track by track, just kind of like discussing the things that you like about it or where you were in your yeah. you know in your life when you wrote it or just right. some of your influences <clears throat> or anything. But I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah. No. Yeah. Certainly. I, I'm. I'd love to. Cool. You know what that Tof? Oh man, that sounds awesome. All right, <laughs> and Tofer, I think you have these notes too. Yeah, I, oh, did, I do. I did get a chance to peek at it, but um, I was at the gym, so I didn't really get to like mull over the questions that you asked. Or it's anything. totally cool. I mean, I think it's uh, it might be better that way. It's going to be a little surprise. Yeah, yeah. Mm. This is these are going to be raw, truthful answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. So <laughs> I want to see you vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't cry on this podcast, I'm deleting it. We're not even going to. Well, we're not even going to release it. Yeah, I guess you know. If it whatever 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 makes people listen, you know, <laughs> or cry, we can fall in love. People like love, right? Yeah, that's true. This could turn into a violence. Love story. That's another thing people like. Violence. We should fight. <laughs> I want to take a firm stance on that one. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't mind. <sighs> you heard he went to the gym, man. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm. I'm a little scared. <laughs> uh, so that first EP, like a diamond in the rough, you shine. Yes. What's the inspiration for just the title? Like, what were you guys thinking of? Well, gosh, that was a while back now. It's yeah, kinda... 2016 mm-hmm. when it was released. I imagine you guys were probably floating those ideas around in 2015 or yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so the 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 album overall became a love album, and I and um, like you know I was falling in love at the time with who I'm currently with so it really is kind of cool it feels like this uh, homage to her in this weird way and she's in the band so she sings the songs with me too which is especially strange but um, uh, you know that song there's one song where that that line uh, like a diamond in the rough you shine is kind of like a mantra like it repeats over and over again and um, and it is one of my favorite lines in the whole album it, like it just seems it's really straightforward and it seems like it carries a lot of weight and and it um i don't know i think it just stuck with me I really think it's a climatic moment in the song too because it's yeah. right at the end and there's like a lot of dissonance happening yes but it's just building and building but the lyrics mm-hmm. themselves are very beautiful and kind mm-hmm. but that dissonance makes it really feel like it's in the rough i don't know mm-hmm. i think it was really well done i Thanks. love that song it's one of my favorite ones that y'all do i that i that's uh interesting we're starting on this one i always feel like that's the one people skip over um proper design no, no, uh, Diamond in the Rough. Diamond in the Rough. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. Um, it, uh, I think it is just a little bit more abrasive than the other songs. and mm. Only for... It's like, interesting, though. Just kind of like proper design. Definitely seems uh, less conventional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the nice thing about playing music is you can do whatever you want, right? So you can have songs that make people want to dance and you can have songs that make them want to 
think and feel and mm -hmm. experience something different. So mm -hmm. I noticed you guys use a lot of like interesting time signatures or yeah and you guys have had like a couple different drummers mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. many different drummers the drummer journey has been a long yeah run. it's been a relay roulette wheel or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. what's but, the what's the proper for diamond in the rough what's the proper name of the song i think it's diamond in the rough part one Oh, it must be something. Part oh, sorry. One? Yeah, you're oh, okay, right. okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, y'all know better than me. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. Yeah, I've got I the info in front of me. I'm like Diamond in the Rough. I remember that line. But which <laughs> song is it? Yeah, no. It must yeah, be yeah. something. Part okay. One. Yeah. Right. I would actually. I would say that the um, the least traditional song on the record was Proper Design. I guess they're they're similar. That's interesting. Because it's it seems like a conscious departure from from what you are. Like it seems like it's experimental for you mm -hmm. and the band members. It feels mm -hmm. like you're you're trying something new um, that maybe you weren't completely comfortable with, and it just happened to work out really well. Right? Does it make any sense? Because yeah. the way that the like the baseline is like super meaty. Mm -hmm. um, the beginning is very like prog math with like a little nod to flamenco, like especially with the guitar parts. Oh, yeah, sure. It's just it's just really really cool. But the the vocals in the chorus are as accessible as any vocal in any of the other songs. Mm -hmm. So it's, to pull that off is really difficult. I just mm -hmm. don't know like how you did that. <laughs> right. Or what inspired that song? Yeah. Per se, what kind of made you like branch outside of your comfort mm -hmm. zone, if you will? Um, I believe it started with the riff, but um, immediately the like the bump. I think um, it immediately sort of gave me this imagery of of like o oceanic kind of vibes. Like I I don't know why. Just right off the bat, I started hearing things like uh, like seeing whales swimming around <laughs> me and things like yeah. deep deep blues. Like you ever hear a sound and it reminds you of a color? Sure, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah this yeah. this had a deep blue type of sound. Nice. And um, at the time my parents had just moved to New Orleans um, and in a neighborhood that was at risk of flooding. It was one of the neighborhoods that was flooded during Katrina and I'm constantly told about how New Orleans is still more and more so every day at risk of of going completely underwater due to climate change. Yeah. And so um, I wrote that song as basically like this optimistic alternate dimension where the people there, because they're so st like, oh, the other part of this is that even after Katrina, there are so many people who are so loyal to New Orleans and the culture there that they didn't leave. They didn't leave yeah. during the storm. They didn't leave after. They were like, no, this is my home. This is my city. Which is and wild. Wild. Yeah. Totally but, wild. But yeah. I thought pretty beautiful in a certain way. So the idea in the song is that the people there, even after the city goes underwater, they grow, they grow gills and continue to live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. It's almost sci-fi. It varies. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Got kind of like a fantasy element to in it. In fact, when I was trying to fill in the verses, I remember flipping through sci fi books. Mm. Wow. Yep. That's dope. Yeah. Um, I love backstory. Yeah. Spe I, speaking of, like, uh, where do you think is one of the weirdest places that you've ever just kind of struck inspiration? I don't know if it happens mm. the same, um, but I know for some people, like, it hits them in the shower or while they're, like, uh, low, uh, mowing the lawn or something. Yeah, shower is always one for me, and bike rides. The, those two, as well as like long walks, just sort of those pensive, contemplative places. Usually, yeah, long, long walks is a really popular one for a lot of inventors and scientists. Yes, like Ben Franklin, oh, Tesla, like that. all those people, they did long walks to things. Steve Jobs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially like if the the path is already carved out for you, like you don't have to think much about where you're going you just kind of like watch the ground and like move your body and mm -hmm. the, getting the, the blood flowing getting the blood flowing motion is lotion mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, so uh that makes a lot of sense that they did that because yeah. for me it really gets the especially lyrics that gets those gears going but uh definitely music too nice mm -hmm. very cool as far as the I, that didn't really answer your question though i wouldn't call those the weirdest places i've come up with ideas those are, those are the standard ones. Those are the standard ones. Yeah. Those are the normal ones. Have you ever done like a handstand on the wall and just like been eating an apple and you're like, mm, I just mm -hmm. created a whole song. 
Sure. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, one of the weirdest places I ever came up with a song is uh, in a teepee with the Lakota tribe in North Carolina. <laughs> Do it. What? We were eating peyote all night. And, um, and um, this sounds like a joke, but it's not. No, this is no, it not a, like joke. a good story. It's not a drill. Um, yeah, so I got involved with the Native American church while I lived in North Carolina. Wow. Um, and they, it was so. Yeah, you you would do what were called um, sit ups or, or sit ins or something like that. But uh, yeah, you you sit in a circle inside of a teepee, and there's the chief, and he like um, administers peyote and tells stories like like traditional things and you can't move you can you don't eat or drink all night so that you don't have to go to the bathroom and you literally have to sit completely still for like 12 hours it's it's pretty grueling in that way and and your mind starts to go really weird places because peyote is a hell of a drug (laughs) um but it's also just kind of like just one of those experiences where like the intensity of the suffering kind of heightens the places that your brain can go. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, so I ended up writing this song that is actually, I never planned on recording it until a few weeks ago. And then we recorded, this was years ago too. This is like four years ago that that happened. Oh, wow. And I just recorded it a few weeks ago and it's going to be on the upcoming smile record. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That All is right. exciting. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what's that one called? The album, the the record. Sorry, the the track first. The, the track is called "Love Pass It Around." Love Pass It Around. Okay. Love yeah. Pass It Around. And what's the album called? I'm not to called? totally sure. Ironically, like the first, you know, the first track is called "Like a Diamond in the Rough You Shine." <clears throat> Are like what sounds kind of like the the single off of this upcoming stuff is a song called "Shine Shelly." Okay. And Shine so, Shelley? Shine Shelley. Yeah. And um, that is about a fictional character named Shelley, whom, like, basically, like, you wish she could be. You wish she could be Shelley, if you know what I mean. Because um, Shelley's got it going on. Like, she- Shelley is, like, you know, like. Uh, wakes up on time and she, you know right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shelly is all the things she like remembers to call everybody back she lo- like people are excited when she enters the room and all this stuff but it's like somebody you kind of model yourself off of right but the whole message of the song is like um, you are Shelly you know like don't you don't have to fictionalize this you can be this you know you can, you can be whatever you want so it, that started to feel sort and then I wrote like another song based on that whole idea as well but so it started to feel like the centerpiece of the album Mm. i'm reluctant to maybe call the album shine like i kind of wanted to call it shine but it and then that way it would feel like an extension of the first album right yeah like just like a continuation or callback yeah yeah cool but i'm not totally sure yet okay yeah well those all seem like solid ideas oh thanks yeah that sounds really cool yeah (laughs) um speaking of like someone you'd want to model yourself after do you have anyone that comes to mind of people who have been uh, big inspirations or heroes or whether it just be musically or just in life uh-huh. in general any um, like I guess mentors that mentors or I don't know sure just, yeah 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 I, I always try to think of my answers to these questions ahead of time but the truth is is that I, I don't really idolize anybody um, I, I extrapolate things that I enjoy from people's work but I actually have a song called All My Heroes Are Also Villains or actually mm. heroes or villains is the name of the song. Okay. But that the idea is that truly everybody that I've ever idolized is kind of a sham or you know or it's like John John Lennon beats way. his wife yeah. like you know uh Jimmy Page like trapped young women and you know it's like all these things in a bathtub like, with an octopus yeah right all these musical heroes of mine especially were just horrible people going right. all the way back you know yeah so I decided it's better to not think of people as idols, but rather work as, um, you know. Separating the person from the art is nearly impossible. It's for hard. Me. Yeah, yeah, it's really difficult. But I think it's a it's, big conversation right now. Yeah, that yeah. I, Nobody seems to really have the answer. I mean, even even people like David Bowie, right? I mean, they had their things with, you know, He's, underage women and just mm-hmm. kind of yeah. It's uh, yeah, very challenging. 
Yeah, the, the, the chorus is, All of my heroes are also villains. They make my favorite music while they mistreat women. Nice. David Bowie, R. <laughs> Kelly, and John Lennon. I wish that I could change it, but there's nothing I can do. That's, oh, man. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the nail on the head. That's yeah. awesome. Very cool. Wow. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Uh, not that there aren't good people out there. I know that that's, you know, I know that you can be an artist and a good person. Yeah. Um, there's, a, yeah. There, there's a certain uh, uh, power dynamic that comes with being a celebrity or being, you know, a, a famous musician or artist, right? It's easy to abuse. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think the uh, the ratios get a little skewed at the top end. Yes. But truth if i could tag on um to topher's question maybe maybe not idolize but people that you maybe take tricks from but from audio engineering oh audio engineering yeah are there any people that you really look up to for um or that you look at for ideas from a production standpoint or like how to mic a kit you know or, or just any of that stuff yes um definitely and a lot of time i look at like studios and um as much as I do the engineers and right, stuff. Right, right, right. Um, just like, you know, what was happening in that space. But, um, you know, I, I, love, I love all the Motown stuff. I love, I love a lot of stuff Smokey Robinson was doing. Like, his, the, his mixing direction was really amazing. Um, I think you've mentioned Dave Fridman before. Yeah, I have him written down right here. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he's, he's hugely influential on me. Like, the... The use of sounds and close miking and just yeah. creating these textures and environments is just un- otherworldly. Also, the only person that Kevin Parker has ever led into a studio to mix anything. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think he mixed Inner Speaker and Lonerism. No shit. Yep, or at least some of the songs. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Wow, he did a great job. So he must he must be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of the name of the Flaming Lips album that... Oh, dude, he's that, done probably all of them. I know he did a lot of them, but the first one that I like was listening to and was just like, I have to know who the producer is. This is just insane. Sure. Um, I'm trying to remember what it's called. It has, like, Mr. Ambulance Driver and mm. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Like, Yeah, 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 Yeah. Mm. You know that? Um, I was going to help you out, but they have easily... 40 albums on Spotify. Oh, At, at War with the Mystics. <laughs> oh, okay. At War with the Mystics. Okay. That's the name of the album. The only one I'm really familiar with is Yoshimi the Battles yep. the Pink Robots. That's also an amazing record. Did yeah. he also produce that? I Probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> More than likely. I, when I was looking at his list of uh, accolades or, uh, or credits, he mm-hmm. had at least, at least eight or nine Flaming Lips albums. Sure, yeah. So... Um, another one is uh, the Radiohead producer Nigel Godrich. Oh yeah, which I, I, I it's so weird. Like at some point, I just completely stopped listening to Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but they were my favorite band for many years. Like, sure. Yeah, and they they got me thinking. You know, asking those questions like, how did was this sound achieved? Like, yeah, I can't imagine what kind of instrument this is. You right, know, right. And you start engaging and stuff like that. That's when you start realizing, oh, production is like its own art form. Yeah, it's black magic, right? Mm-hmm. How old were you when you got into recording music? Um, well, I, I mean, I had my four-track cassette recorder. It's actually sitting right behind you, next to that maraca. I got that when I was like fourteen. It was a gift from my dad oh yeah um which he also did some music stuff right he's kind of he was influential in that way he's influential in many ways when we're talking about influencers like yeah he he's the biggest one probably nice wow that's actually news to me i didn't realize your father played music too oh yeah yeah that's awesome he's still playing music he still has a a much more fruitful career than my own he yeah y'all should interview him (laughs) he's had some uh some (laughs) years on you though Yes. He's got a, a little bit of a head start. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, um, that totally makes sense if he was living out in New Orleans. I mean, mm-hmm. another great mm-hmm. place for music. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Is he? Does he cater to those styles that are you know prevalent in New Orleans, like jazz and? Uh, yeah. He he's definitely got his own thing going on. Um, the one way I help to explain to people like his style of music, like he's he he's on the same label as um tom waits and like that's sort of like rootsy like it's like it's his own category it's not like my dad sounds like tom waits yeah but it's like this songwriter 
was born out of all these rootsy traditions and became this kind of like weird funky like you know like persona of their own yeah that's really cool yeah that's super cool yeah i can't imagine what that's like to like grow up with another musician yeah nobody in my family plays music so that's uh that sounds really special what does he play does he just play an assortment of instruments or does he have he's uh, he's mainly a guitar player and a singer yeah he's yeah he's a an older version of me (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah he also has he's a producer as well he produces other people's records oh cool it's so Mm -hmm. cool Mm-hmm. Would that be anything you'd ever be interested in, like a father and son? Yeah, we talk about it. Yeah, yeah, and he likes my music a lot too, and That's really like cool. he's like super supportive and stuff. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. I don't. I, this might be off subject, but um, one thing I was curious about is: Have you ever written a song based from a dream that you've had? And what's your that, dream state like? I, I actually almost said that when you said weirdest place you've come up with a with a, a song idea or however you phrased it. But yeah, yeah no, a, a dream that I was like, that's a pretty weird place is a dream. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, the answer is yes. I can't think of which one specifically. Mystical experience. Ooh, that's possible that the melodies were born out of that and stuff. Mm. I don't. Uh, no, I was in the shower for that one. I remember. I was in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Classic shower. <laughs> yeah, I was in the shower. But, um, uh, yeah, definitely, though. I, I come out of dreams with melodies swirling around all the time. Do you? Uh, you yeah. know, I've never come out of a dream swirling with memories. I've definitely had some dreams in particular that stick out to me and mm-hmm. I feel are very like vivid in my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've written songs about pieces of that but i've never um i don't know if i can think of one off the top of my head either i feel like it just kind of feeds into the style of the song and kind of just the energy of the song i've had some real like weird and creepy dreams and that's when songs like my own jacket song yeah my own jacket and like uh shake the shadow and things like Mm -hmm. that they were born from dreams but Mm -hmm. uh other songs similarly to like peyote experiences they've they come from a different form of dream state. Mm-hmm. Sure. So sure. a more lucid one, a more lucid one indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't want to hang too much on your first album because you guys have done great stuff since then. Well, thank you. But, um, I did think it was really interesting how you opened the whole, the whole record with all the things uh-huh. just cause it's like, it has that R and B feel in the beginning mm-hmm. and then kind of like a traveling, almost like solo melodic guitar line. Mm-hmm. like through the first half or so but then yes. it breaks into that seven eight jimmy page like type guitar part sure. with the, the the celtic female background vocals mm-hmm. um and then it returns full circle somehow you know what i mean it just op- it ends as it opens mm-hmm. i just it was really <clears throat> it, it's it was very cool and it showcased a lot of what you guys could do but it's not like anything else on the album that's kind of why i wanted it to be the first track was to just to just say don't get any ideas about us being any certain one thing because this album is a lot of different things and here's one song to showcase all of that nice yeah i also thought just like the way it starts so softly like it just kind of eases you into the song but like really does climax i just thought that was a good idea for an opener for sure yeah yeah i also really liked i don't know and must be something part two i actually thought must be something part two was going to be an instrumental um, uh-huh. No, which, it I, is. I guess it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, that's right, because it's the one that also has. That's okay. So that's what I thought it was going to be an instrumental in, until I heard like a like a mellotron type thing, which I wasn't sure if it was a vocal or not. It's an ebo. Oh, that's okay. An ebo. It's an ebo. Ebo nice. is. Um, it's. I guess it stands for electric bow, but you put it on. I mean, it's a little device that you put on your like that you hover above your strings where you would normally pick it and it makes and you hold the note wherever you're holding note and it vibrates the string so it's it i've heard of these things smooth smooth attack and slow decay if you ever seen uh explosions in the sky they use it all the time very very post-rock right yeah yeah it's just in limited sustain wow exactly yeah. <laughs> like that kind of sound. Like Matthew Bellamy has one built into one of his guitars. He just flips it on and just like 
What? Just plays with one hand on his head That's or like. So dope. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's super cool. But yeah, I was wondering. I had no idea what that was. It sounded like it could have been an affected voice, or mm-hmm. it could have been, you know, some synth-like Mellotron adjacent right. thing. But sure. that's cool yeah. to know that it was an Ebo. That's really cool. I dig it. And then to to cap out the song or to uh, end cap the the record, something was really good because um, it was like it had kind of that minimal drum mindset. I think it might have just been a kick. Maybe there was like a shaker or something in the background, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it was like nylon strings. Mm-hmm. Almost sounds like it could have been from the '50s in like Cancun. It was just mm-hmm. like two people kind of talking about like falling in love. It seemed like sure. Um, just seemed very timeless mm-hmm. to me. But also very very wholesome and precious right so i don't know how you felt about it when you were writing it but it seemed yeah. like it was in line with the theme of the album it was that's kind of why i wanted to cap the album with Smart. that one too um um yeah that that i'm more proud of that song than most songs i've ever written i i think it's like uh for me it's especially hard to achieve like something that is both simple and unique you know and um like that like i mean i try all the time and land flat a lot you know <laughs> and uh that song i felt like it got it because it's i mean i was so that I, that song was written a couple weeks after i was like blindsided by love you know the feeling mm-hmm. like you know Definitely. like where it's um you're I mean, you're walking on clouds, the whole thing. Yeah. So it was not like, oh, I have to come up with these lyrics. Like, it was, like, gushing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes a lot of sense that you were maybe in, like, the honeymoon stage of of the beginnings of a relationship. It's very honeymoon. And it kind of of manifests into almost this honeymoon setting in the song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I liked it a lot. It was really... I I like, and I like the way that you you mentioned that it's, it's harder to write something unique that's kind of minimal... Mm-hmm. versus like something maybe more complicated it's like okay those sets of notes have never been played together before but and does it really is it impactful exactly yeah this was well, impactful so. and unique it was a very cool thing Onto the first song I ever like associated with you guys longer. Oh yeah. Uh, that's how. We, I mean, I think that's how we found out about you. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was the first show of Smile I ever saw. This was years ago. At the. Um, this was the, the video release. Video the release. house party. Yeah. At the, the unreleased house video with the, release. The unreliable electricity. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh man, you guys didn't even phase you though. Yeah. The power yeah. went out for what like 15 20 seconds and didn't miss a beat out of time multiple times <laughs> yeah 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 no what's interesting about that that was a big lesson because um for so many people that was the most memorable part of that show like people still talk to me about that show and say the same thing they were like it was just so cool how the power went out and then right when it came back on y'all were right on yeah. like you know yeah. and, and it was just like it's like that was an element completely out of our control you know and, and it was it's like you guys planned it, it was yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like well we didn't <laughs> but um nonetheless magic you know i guess i guess the lesson is maybe be receptive to unexpected things sure, i don't yeah. know yeah, just roll with the unexpected. punches yeah, yeah. It's great yeah yeah. yeah, and uh, we talked about it one time, but you guys screened that music video, which is right. seemingly nowhere to be found now. It is. It's only on this computer sitting right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah, so we put so much effort into that music video, and um, 
kind of had this feeling right whenever it was done that we were like hmm like something's kind of not right like it a couple of things like it has this feeling like we tried a little too hard which that can happen which we did try really hard so that makes sense it has this like you know like aiming for big production but landing somewhere beneath that it mm -hmm. wasn't like right. charmingly lo-fi like oh we made a stupid video it right. was like we tried really hard and it didn't <laughs> work out that great yeah. <laughs> um so that was one thing the other reason we didn't release it was because there are a lot of naked women in it and that was like part it wasn't you know it wasn't my idea or anything it was the female singer and my band's idea and mm -hmm. so she she was she i think she literally said something she was like if this video is going to get on vice we need some naked women in it <laughs> <laughs> and so i was like okay whatever and so she made it happen and all of these like amazing amazing people came and took their clothes off and danced around and did you know and like all these things it was like uh, me and the director were the only males there and we were both just like what is fucking <laughs> happening right now <laughs> we were like in this like really surrealist like garden too like we found this crazy it was, location it was like chaos theater right? yeah the chaos, the yeah, chaos yeah, yeah, theater yeah. exactly oh, wow. yeah that yeah. place is really cool and um there yeah it was just like there were like 20 naked girls running around everywhere and um so anyways i feel no, like i'm glorifying that too much <laughs> but the point being the point being is that we didn't feel like the artistic um direction of that like um, justified the exploitation of women's bodies. Sure, right. You know, like it. It wasn't that artfully done. It was kind of just like, look, naked girls. And, yeah, and okay. it like. Whereas I feel like you, there are you know, no matter what your intentions you really well. were, right. it's the perception it, kind of thing that you have to worry about. Right. Yeah. Sure. Right. I can understand. That's a bummer because I I enjoyed the the video when we saw it and it was screened but mm -hmm. I can mm -hmm. understand honestly I'd love to show y'all again and just see if you still if you get any kind of vibes because I was yeah I, I'm I've showed a few people and everybody's kind of like mm, it yeah, go either way I can see what you mean yeah like sure. people are kind of on the line on the fence about it what if you uh what if you went through and and actually like tag the nudity with like black bars or something or like you you know what I mean like the actual sure. pieces of whatever is nude and then that way it's it's clear that the the people are nude but it's not distasteful if you will for anyone who would think that right then there's like then there's censorship though and that like are you mean like literally i'm saying censor it yeah yeah censor it yeah and I, but i think some people would be more offended by censorship really yeah i mean censorship it would be like the people that maybe did it that performed it or just people no in no just people in general i mean everybody's got a bone to pick about something that's true yeah. but um, which is kind of my yeah my two cents on it is like well can you please anybody either way sure you know? right is there yeah. is there not enough or there's too much or yeah. so, i mean obviously there's like some uh protocol but <laughs> if right. you're walking the line i mean I guess at what point do you have to... I think I think it's really good to walk the line. Like, I think it's good to provoke people. Yeah. But, it but I think exactly in this that. case, it was like, for what? What are we trying to say? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Is yeah. there anything meaningful I'm trying to get across with this provocative imagery? Yeah. I see. The times change. Maybe it'll be... Uh... It's 2020, baby. Yeah. Rock and roll. It'll be more appropriate soon. <laughs> yeah. I did want to ask you about the, the artwork because I, for that single, because mm -hmm. it's, it's wild. Like oh, it's, I love that. Artwork. It's just as wild as the video. Oh if, yeah. If it was so wild. We, we so built, good. we based a lot of the video off of that painting. Okay. Yeah. We like, I mean, there's a lot of pink slime in that video yeah, yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. I mean, there's a naked girl on that too. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. I mean, we were, that is also part of the thing. We, who um, did that artwork for you guys? Um, a, a woman named Anya Solonen. Mm. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing her last name. I've never met her. We we found her work on Instagram, and um, she like, yeah, we we reached out to her and asked her about it, and she listened to her. She wanted to listen to her music to make sure she liked it first, wow. <laughs> and she did. And in this way, it's like I still follow her and look at like she's going above and beyond with her painting. She's amazing. Wow. But um, I have this feeling i'll meet her someday and i'll be like i love you like, yeah. that's awesome yeah that's that song is great what made you um because you do say 
rib, right? That's that's the one you repeat over and oh, over. Oh, no, 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 no. What do you no, say? No, no, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm actually glad it was, like, um, hard to decipher. Um, but what we're saying, the, the chorus is, which is pretty much indistinguishable, is... Um, <laughs> Uh, make a life I like longer, right? And then we go longer. It's just this. So that was inspired off of this really old jazz song. Where, God, I'm forgetting the name of the song and the lyrics. But I was I loved this song at the time years ago, and it was this guy, and he does this thing where he was like, he was like, and. And I will go there. And I was like, that is so cool. It's almost like a record skipping. It's very, it's yeah. very interesting. Because if you, uh-huh. if you like, if you literally, so if it's longer, like you, if you, if you type that out, it almost looks like a card that is obscuring only everything but the last two letters of the next card that is exactly the same as the first card and so on in a deck yes. you know what i mean yes, yeah. which is really cool it's like the it's whenever you win solitaire and like windows 95 it just like bounces oh, yeah. around. you know what i mean definitely like, oh that yeah, is yeah. such a cool way to think about that yeah i love it's very that. percussive mm-hmm. yes. yeah it feels very final when it's completed mm-hmm. at the end oh that's cool it's, it's, yeah. i really like it yeah capping the Thanks. song with it is great very touched by the way that y'all really have listened to this music i don't mean to take that for granted or act like that's normal that's really fucking cool oh yeah smile has been i feel like influential to probably more people in the austin music scene than even you realize because yeah i mean i feel very blessed that i've gotten to record music with you and uh get to know you more because i just knew you from afar four years ago at a house show Mm -hmm. in the middle of somewhere austin at the time i was like brand new here didn't know anybody while we were still getting our band together yeah yeah definitely so honestly like yeah you've you've played a a big part in helping even helping me write music so it's it's really kind of like a full circle feeling to be here and getting to pick your brain a little bit and get to know how you do what you do yeah that's an honor you know i live i this is what I live for. Yeah. Um, and it's been really awesome getting to know y'all. And, oh, thanks. And I love y'all's music. And yeah, I'm glad it worked out this way. So now, so now I got some like some fun questions for you. So if you were going to go sing karaoke somewhere, like you live right down the street from Hole in the Wall. Right. If you were to sing karaoke sometime, what's your go-to song? <laughs> okay. That's a good uh, I have a, I almost don't even want to say it because it's such an unpop- unpopular opinion, but I hate karaoke. <laughs> Be- people get so riled up when I say this, so I've chosen not to say this in a gen- like so if I can avoid it. Yeah. Um, but the couple times that I have done it, um, I sang um, "If I Ain't Got You" by Alicia Keys. Oh wow, that's a good one. It was good. It was good. Um, Like way out of my range. So I was like, (laughs) if I ain't got you, (laughs) like it was so gnarly. (laughs) Um, Like like a whole octave above my range. But um, and then uh, the other one, which this was kind of a joke. I just thought this would be really, really funny. Is the Great Gig in the Sky by Pink Floyd? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Why do they even have that? Oh, Which man. maybe this is why I don't like karaoke because I keep picking the worst fucking songs <laughs> to do it. But um, pick some Beatles or some John Lennon next time, man. Sure, sure. Take it easy on your voice. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, go That's big or go home. I- yeah. I think no, that no. a part of the whole experience for me that makes karaoke kind of awkward is, is I don't especially love it when people are great at karaoke and I don't like it when people are bad at karaoke either. <laughs> like both experiences are uncomfortable for me. I'm like, oh, they're showing off or, oh, they're embarrassing themselves. <laughs> like, um, so... That's an excellent point. That's really, a, who are the winners of karaoke? There are, yeah, yeah there are no winners. There's no <laughs> champion. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, there is a community like like that. Uh, there's a community of people, 
community of people who have that because clearly some people love it. Yeah, man. And they support it. Everybody gets so excited and all this stuff. But I am not one of those people. <laughs> I think especially in the city of uh, of musicians, right? Some people just need an outlet to maybe sing that they don't have their own band or whatever. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. keeps them from going insane. Yes. It's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I was kind of wondering that the people who are really good, I'm like, you should you should just start a band. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, the last thing I'll say about Longer is it is the first track that I am aware of that you guys added brass to. Um, let me think. Brass, brass. Oh, no, no. Also, those are synthesizers. Those are synthesizers. Those are okay. brass. You guys have some really cool synth effects in that song. What synth did you use? Did you use multiple synths? Multiple. Um, that was recorded at Daniel McNeil's house at, oh, cool. before he moved to L.A. And... Uh, he was just a collector of all things strange and dusty and and like um so honestly god knows what synthesizers we were using we were always just like oh, in these like psychotic frenzies like in during the kind of layering textural part of recording mm-hmm. it was always this just like him and i were extremely pay- playful about it together just like whoa what if we did this catch it was always uh, so, so um, I I I don't know. It was a host of analog synthesizers. Daniel didn't have anything um, digital like at all in his whole. Good man. Yeah. Um, I wish I could tell you which ones. You get but, some really cool sounds out of that. It sounds like fun. I yeah. know that like once you get to that portion, it can almost be overwhelming because kind of sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what your voice, I mean, what your mind hears in your head is. Uh, like how do you even describe that to someone without making that sound on a synth right. without going Foo! yeah <laughs> like that's kind of what i'm going for but a little grittier yeah. <laughs> i'm but sick today cool. so if you could just grit that up for yeah. me that'd be great that's <laughs> uh, a rabbit hole indeed yeah yes. i'll convince myself that things sound really cool at the time and i'll hear it back like this is the cheesiest thing i've ever heard sure. yeah, sometimes you mean synths specifically yeah, synths, yeah. yeah in particular when you're on synth island in a day mm-hmm. you have to go back the next day for sure to make sure that all the pieces were falling the way that you perceived like, definitely yeah it's uh it's a whole thing you never want to try too hard with a synth that's why i think really abstract sounds just always lay nicely mm-hmm. yeah Which, uh, longer has some of those in there mm-hmm. as well as like some other tracks on the album yeah yeah um yeah th- those yeah those are those were synths not horns i'm trying to think though i don't think it was was that actually the fir- there are no horns on the first record Mm-mm. Okay. not that i not that i heard okay yeah I, I think so longer was the first one that it, it stuck out maybe there was some layering in the early stuff but Basically, no, I think you're right. I you guys never turned back after that. There I mean, was a um, there was a song from the band I was in before Smile called mm-hmm. Goldspine, and it is on the internet, and it has crazy, crazy ass horn arrangements on it. Like, oh, I was really? tw- yeah, I'm every time I hear it, I'm like, geez, we really went for it there. Huh? <laughs> like, I, was, I was 20 years old and called in all these like session musicians and stuff, and like it was me wow. and um, me and Zeke, who's in Batty Junior. I feel I've seen them. Okay. Um, him and I were in that band. I've only seen a couple of shows. I came halfway through one of their sets, but they're super tight. Oh yeah, they're great. Yeah, yeah really good, really cool, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, mystical experience. I'm gonna talk about it just a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, the first and only song that I've heard of yours that reminded me of Yes. Oh yeah. So there's that's like a so interesting I, because that's the only one that is like straightforward in time signature. Yeah, it's, it's the first one that is like yeah. And yes, so, yes is so like, right. Thought to be so avant garde. For sure. With that type for of thing. sure. But it, I I speak specifically to the chord progression. Okay. Um, I think in the chorus. Yes. Um, it just has like yes. It just yes. has the the perfect. Uh, it, I don't know. It's just I, I can't even pin down a song that it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. But it just has this quality to it. Yeah. Um, for me, I'll use my my I statements. I believe that. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, in, in the verses, it feels like a really really deep nod to the '60s. Um, Certainly. Yeah. And then that slide or steel guitar part is just like the perfect Ooh. cherry on top. It's so yeah. tasteful. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, and it's again like a great work of like minimalist uh, uh, songwriting. Just like. It's I very have somewhat of a 
appreciate this is very that. different than yes but i don't know if you listen to mild high club but that's oh, still guitar man it's yeah, just, yeah 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 whoo yeah. it just gives you chills yeah i like it a lot no i, I for sure hear that excellent too. touch yeah. now that you say that that's a good that's um, a good pull the where the slide guitar idea came from was from, was george harrison the mm. all, th- all things must pass are y'all familiar with this record oh yeah yes yeah okay Sli- yeah slide guitar all over it and i suspect that's probably where mild high club got the idea too because they're yeah, big time george off. harrison influences all over his stuff yeah. but yeah Could um, definitely see that Mm-hmm. But you said that you wrote that one in the shower. I did write that one in the shower. That that one was the most exciting song for me that we had put together in a long time. Like by far. It's kind of funny. I tend to like like those kind of like more simple ones. But um, it was the first one I wrote more introspectively lyrically. Mm. I felt like I was always mm. trying to come up with, like in other songs was like nobody wants to hear about me. I should come up with some like unique idea, like punchy idea about like a you know a thing like people like people with gills and like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Sort of like or, or like in caricature right ca- caricature sure yeah yeah that was like kind of like a concept um or you mean that one was more intimate emotionally? It's, well it's, it seemed yeah it's, it was intimate it also seemed pretty introspective i mean sure. that the those, whole those talking are, piece yes is like that for me i was like past lives tame impala like that's that's oh, what i related it to in my mind yeah, because like it, different subject matter, but it, it starts almost, almost identically. It's like Whoa. I think his is like I was I was at the dry cleaners the other day and I saw this person you know that I thought I used to know and yours is like I was in it's traffic. A di- it's a dialogue. Like I'm not sure I actually know this song. It's uh, it's like literally like a monologue. I mean, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. He just and it's um, his voice it. is affected too. Yours is different because it starts high and it goes low. Oh, yeah, but yeah. his is always low. His, his is always deep throughout the zone. You should listen to it and see because it also has the arpeggiator fun. going in the background. You're and kidding like, me? No, no. Oh they, no, people are they, gonna think I ripped them no, off. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. It's like it reminded me, but it, you weren't ripping them off. It was they're distinctly different, and even the content is different. It was just like the idea of talking over an arpeggiation and like and 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 music in the background about an experience you had. Mm-hmm. They were like right there next wow. to each other. Wow, so, interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go listen to that for sure. But uh, I really enjoyed that song. That song was really cool. It was, yeah, it almost seemed like it was like, um, <laughs> it's like you were accidentally experiencing an existential, like, not crisis, but just situation. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. One of empathy, you know, like of deep, deep empathy. Like, you know, like uh, that was something I was really trying to explore with that one. Was just like, holy shit, you are like every person I talk to, in it on any given day is carrying all these like pains and struggles with them, and you know triumphs and great things as well. But there's so much that is not considered polite to talk about mm-hmm. or to like you know, connect with with people, and. Uh, it's really easy to judge people. It's really easy to put people in a box really quickly, but inherently being human is just so insanely complex. And I, I think I was wrestling with that. Just like, there's a lot of shit talking in the music industry. Yeah. Um, a lot of shit talking amongst bands in Austin, even. Yeah. It's, and I'm just, I was, I think I was at the point where I was just like, no more. Like, we are all people. It fucking sucks to wake up in the morning sometimes, and we need to, like, love yeah you know this is crazy yeah for sure yeah no i think that's a that's a great realization and promise to make to yourself that's it's mm-hmm. big yeah uh, but yeah um, great track thank you great track came from it thanks. <laughs> thanks um i mean if you don't mind this is like the magnum opus to me if, if you don't mind getting it this is probably what i'm gonna spend the most time on personally because uh-huh. i'll have the most questions but someone who can do both okay yeah which should have been called Enchantment is Imagination's Underwear, yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, but yeah, that, that line cracks me up. Um, dude, like, I, I don't say this lightly. I really think it's it's the best thing to come out of Austin in the past, like, five to seven years. Damn. I really yeah. believe that. And that's not... I don't say things to, like, boost people's egos. I don't say things to toot people's horns. I, I really, really mean that. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I stand by that. I don't even know what to say. That's great. I don't know if I can accept that. But, uh, that's totally but, fair. But, but, no, um, I think uh, our, our 
Thank you. Lyrically and the instrumentation, the chord choices and um, the way that you guys keep things interesting, the way that it builds but it breathes at the same time, it's uh, it's really a perfect balance of like um, pulling you into something very unique and expressive and the i don't know it's just very melodic i know that mm -hmm. i can say from personal experience i've listened to that song probably like over a hundred times yeah. so yeah um <laughs> that's and that's actually yeah like uh my girlfriend she loves that song it's her favorite one that you guys do and she said that it's of all the songs was the songs that just stuck with her instantly from yeah. the moment that she heard it just couldn't get out of her head it's, it's entrancing like, it's entrancing. I yeah. think it's definitely an earworm, and it's. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm always been curious. How long ago did you write that song? Yeah. <clears throat> um, that was one of the first ones. Oh shoot, that's not true. That's not true. That w it was within the first year that we were playing together as a band. Um, I'm trying to. Because to me, it kind of seemed like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. How long had you guys, uh... Wait, no, this is, I'm getting this all wrong. Sorry, I have a really, really hard time with timelines. I do. That's I fair. Say, That's a I human thing. straight up can't tell what was, like... Humans are they're traditionally bad at time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you're human. Yes. Do you um, think, uh, the fact that... I guess, I mean, you play multiple instruments. Mm -hmm. Was that a song that you initially started with on guitar? Was it really a guitar-driven song? Yeah, I wrote mm -hmm. that song on guitar. That makes a lot of sense. It yeah. was shortly after I had gotten my first, like, whammy bar. Dude, so that, that, is that, that part specifically, funny you say that, is the coolest thing in the song for me. Thanks. Like, the drums are really, really great. They're, I mean, every part of the song's great, but that part is the part, I guess, that hooked me. Most people, because, if they bring up that song, that's what they talk about. Yeah, I, talk about. I, I wrote a part to one of our songs because of that. It, it's, it was the end of Crude Equations. Mm -hmm. And it's because I heard that and I was like, nah, no one's gonna outdo me. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta do something like this. It sounds so cool. Another tool belt. That's awesome. A tool in my tool belt. Um, yeah, sorry, you were talking about your rounding part. Um, let's see. Okay, so... This was right after um, I I had decided because the, there was another there were two guitar players on the first record me and Zeke who I mentioned earlier mm -hmm. um, and he left the band basically long story but basically he had to go to his own music thing and for me it was pretty devastating because I had leaned on him really heavily for any kind of um, uh, like lead guitar, any any type of thing that was too complicated for me to play while I was singing, which at the time was a lot of stuff. So anything that was kind of hard, I'd be like, Zeke, can you just do this? Like, I'm just gonna strum chords while I sing. So he left and it was this feeling uh, of just like, do I find another guitar player or do I just learn how to play lead and rhythm at the same time? And um, do I just become Jimi Hendrix? <laughs> Step one. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that was the first song that was written with the new Smile lineup in line and in, in mind. Okay. Which was like, just I was like, this is cool. It's like a trio, like like a Jimi Hendrix trio, like drums, bass, guitar, and then I have these vocalists to kind of like harmonize with me. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. that was the um, inception of that idea. I mean, so that's incredibly cool. I think mm -hmm. it's interesting that you said you listen to you pull from a lot of Motown because I feel like a lot of those harmonies have a very kind of nostalgic and timeless Definitely. sound to them. Big time. I was just going to highlight some things about the song real quick and just see if you had anything to say. Just bounce sure. some ideas off you. Sure. There's like a really cool sci-fi sound that is it's like a slap back with the drumsticks. It opens the track. It's the very uh, yeah. first thing. Mm -hmm. Super cool production choice. Thank you. Um, the background vocals are obviously very patty, but also very Motown, which is great. Oh, like that's, yeah. that is, uh, it, it was like out of the element of the rest of the song, mm -hmm. but in, a, I don't know, it, I say that, but it fits perfectly. Sure. Right? It's just especially the, ooh, yeah, ah, yeah, ooh. exactly. Yeah. yeah. In a lot of contexts, I think that would be too derivative, but, but no, it's yeah, yeah, it fit perfectly. It goes mm -hmm. great with your, your other general minimalist uniqueness. Um, yeah, the guitar whammy part, which 
that is the weirdest part to me and probably the thing that makes it the most interesting is that it's just devoid of dissonance like it mm. whammies especially if you're doing little half step things like you're hitting notes that aren't in your scale Right. But because the way that you're flowing in and out of them, it doesn't sound wrong. Uh -huh. It doesn't uh -huh. sound out of key. So yeah. I, I don't know. I I thought that was that is that's an interesting note. I hadn't I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I um, yeah. That's what that's what really stood out to me about it. Maybe that's why I thought about it so much. And I was just like, I gotta do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to emulate. Yeah. But um, that drop in the chorus um when it just like the drums start to pick up and it's someone who can do, you know, that yeah. part doesn't matter whether you're in the crowd or you're just like at home cleaning for this and listening to it for the 60th time, mm -hmm. it will make you move. Mm -hmm. And that's only something I've really experienced with like seeing David Byrne live. And like, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like that's, it's it just has that uh, encapsulate, like an entrancing, like just thing that just, you know, that X factor that really just, you can't avoid it's mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. you don't even realize it's happening so what yeah i was gonna say in the record you guys have saxophone yes what how did that come about was that no, something that you had always no, no, heard no, so, on it oh sorry was, go that, ahead. was yeah. the milbrook guy no it's indoor, indoor creature, creature right? indoor creature okay mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. uh and i was wondering how did that come about was that a song that you had like always just heard saxophone in your head and mm -hmm. you were trying to think of someone who could do it or was it something that just kind of came to be mm. uh, on its own or so um that whole section is typically where um in a live show i do a guitar solo yeah and that part of the f the thing was just like how do i avoid having a, a big wanky guitar solo on this recording um where i, I know and it's not like there is music I listen to that does have lots of guitar solos, but most of my favorite music does not. Right. Yeah, like, sure. It's it's just not, I love I love it in a live setting, um, because it just kind of lets everybody stretch out and like you know like when the guitar solo is basically like everything solos, but it it was this feeling it was just like it might not be something you want to hear over and over again. Sure, it can yeah. it can read as like uh, like kind of this hokey kind of blues like Jimi Hendrix wannabe kind of thing mm -hmm. yeah. or something like that I mean you run the risk for sure I mean yeah. it was definitely I think it was a good choice to go with this kind of like Pink Floyd-ish like yeah. you know well, uh, saxophone type type break with like there was there's even like a little bit of chatter in the background so yeah that was gonna say um, I, so I had this basically this blank canvas the drums and the bass were down and we had a studio day the next day and I really honestly didn't know what I was gonna do instead of um instead of guitar but the whole vision came all at once we we decided to put a um or so like i swear to god i heard every component of it all all at once and it was the vibraphones if you listen closely there's the these kind of like whoa, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 those sounds um then a poem um about social justice regarding lgbtq people we took that poem from youtube um and put it in reverse and kind of put and panned it left and like oh. had it panning left and right so it just kind of created this like you what yeah 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 like thing wow that's so cool and then um a saxophone solo nice. and, I, and i was like that is gonna be so psychedelic yeah. <laughs> like, um, but it still had had so much it left so much space uh-huh yeah it was it wasn't cluttered it was very open still yeah which no that that was one of you know one of the few times that really works or happens is i had had a vision and it ended up exactly like i had hoped for most of the time it doesn't happen it's like it's like oh this ended up something different that's pretty cool yeah but, yeah. yeah yeah i mean maybe Maybe that's why this track is so good, but yeah, it was intentional. It was intentional. It yeah. was also it's his name is Caleb, the saxophone player, and, okay. and he just obviously fucking crushed it. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, just yeah, such yeah. a. I mean, I, I can't that. take credit for that. He, he was <laughs> he was amazing. Well, thank you, Caleb from Indoor yeah. Creature. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah, I mean, I could talk about this forever, but mm -hmm. it's a very good song. I'm very you. very happy you you wrote it and and performed it the way you did thanks i'm i'm curious is there anything like like uh m most people perceive this as like a like um 
a sexual freedom song or something is it which it is but is there anything in particular that resonated with y'all lyric wise like in a different vein like i find the most people who like gush about this song they're like i'm bi and i like this helped me and you know um it's interesting you should say that because one of my friends actually said that exact thing to me mm -hmm. um because she's yeah she's bi and she just related with that song so much and Mm -hmm. at first that wasn't um my first interpretation of the song i think but that's also kind of comes down to how my brain is wired and how i listen to music sure i think a lot into like how everything's arranged and instruments and stuff and yeah me too i'll cling to a vocal melody yeah but the word choice is something that I come back for on the seconds, you know, and to truly try to like pick each word. Um, and it wasn't, uh, my, yeah, my first interpretation, but, uh, I guess once someone mentioned that to me, I guess I could definitely see it and Mm -hmm. became a much more, um, once I guess I had a meaning to it or like what could be, one of the meanings to it it became really easy to latch on to that and it is a very empowering song and mm-hmm. i think that helps uh a lot of the movement in the song because it's a very i guess well before i start commentating on it more is that something that you agree with or is, did you say that's what the song is about or oh most certainly mm-hmm. yeah it was it was you know based on an experience of kind of struggling with my own sexual identity and and then um you know stressing about it and like uh at some point succumbing to the you know the feeling that like it doesn't i I think the words say like i can't even remember uh sing i've seen this song a million times (laughs) but basically just the idea of like it doesn't it just doesn't matter who or what you love it's just you know it's just you just love them right yeah Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh I think that song probably is one of the more one of the more direct songs to sure. just uh finding that love for anything really and just someone who can do both is really just kind of someone who is limitless. Yeah. Someone who can choose to do whatever they want or in love whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It has a very like romantic kind yeah. of uh feng shui to it and Mm. it uh gets your blood stirring a little bit Mm -hmm. and i think it i think it's yeah a wonderful piece of art yeah thank you um yeah no interestingly my mom that's my mom's favorite song love like our stuff and i'm always i'm always like do you listen to the lyrics or like are are you not wondering if your son is gay or like what um she's like no there are girls in the band too yeah (laughs) yeah not that she would care really but you know she she goes she's always just like i just love that song and i was like thanks (laughs) oh that's too funny that's great yeah well you have any other closing thoughts or questions Um, I mean, I again, I could be here all day, but no, I mean, nothing that's super pertinent. I guess in closing, do you have any advice for, I guess, anyone who's listening that might be in an Austin band or mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. thinking about throwing a band together and like has big dreams of making it and like, do you, I mean, you've, you've had your fair share of experiences in the Austin scene and I think you've probably, I mean, you played with a giant dog the other day at Barracuda, that's super mm-hmm. cool. But like, and that's an example of someone who maybe has made it if you will they had a song in girl boss right right um oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but i mean in order to keep from being from being just like pummeled by you know uh terrible booking agents and like shitty venues and like maybe other bands being assholes or whatever just like to keep their morale up like is there anything any quick fixes any like words of wisdom that you'd you know give to the to the layman mm okay uh there's there's so there's so much you know yeah. <laughs> i mean i don't want to sound cliche here too because obvious things are just kind of like never give up and or you know um believe in yourself but I, you know you know what i would really do but i'm not sure if this is good advice for getting popular because i'm not sure how much i know about that but i do think 
at least at this point, I think I've seen a fair amount of artists take more consideration into what people want to hear over what they're hearing within themselves. And mm. so, and some people will say, well, I don't like just hear music rattling around my brain. And, I'm, and to that I say, yes, you do. You should try sitting still in a room for 15, 20 minutes in a quiet room and just see if you don't hear some music um, and, and, and make that happen. That's, that's the thing. Like, I, I get pretty turned off to a lot of copycat bands because um, I swear there's this underlying intention of just like, I think we can ride on the coattails of the, what these other people are doing and get popular fast. And then they do. And then typically it hits a ceiling and they go, oh, this wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. And then kind of mm-hmm. give up. Right, right. And and if I'm speaking to any real artists or real, real creative people out there or not, or if you don't know what you are yet... Um, you know, just look deeper inside yourself and figure out what it is that you're really hearing and what you're trying to say. Um, if, I, yeah, I don't mean for this to be success advice, but if you want meaning, you know, like purpose out of your art, yeah, you know? yeah, fulfillment, fulfillment, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I can't promise that that will lead you anywhere because. Ultimately, you need to have a, a fantastic social media rapport and uh, <laughs> a million, other things a million place. billion, zillion other things. But none of it will be worth it if it wasn't for something that mattered to you. I yeah, definitely good. agree. Yeah, I think that's good advice. Mm-hmm. For sure. Spoken like a true veteran. <laughs> yeah, you know I've been in it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you this so much for having fun. me. Today. Honestly, Seriously. I've never gotten to talk about myself this much. This is, <laughs> this is really fun. Don't get addicted. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Here I go. No, you're welcome back anytime. This is super fun. And, and yeah. there's so much more we could ask you, too. So, yeah. Cool. Anytime you want to talk about yourself, let us know. Yay. <laughs> Thank, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Well, cool. I don't know how you close these things. You just say, we're done. All right, we're we're done. done. (laughs) Someone who can do 